With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host, coming to you live from Dallas. I know that looks like Nashville in the background, but I'm actually here in Dallas, Texas at the Blaze Palatial Studios here in Irving, Texas, or we're Dallas, Irving, wherever. Anyway, I'm here in Dallas, and uh, we're doing the show from here. I did Glenn Beck's uh, radio show early this morning, TJ Moe, and I did uh, this morning, had a great time on Glenn's show. Going to have a great time with you guys here today. We're going to be a little bit more compact and tight today, uh, not going to take 90 minutes, two hours of your time today. Uh, I unloaded three hours worth of content this morning on Glenn Beck show. And so we probably got a tight 45 minutes, an hour here uh, that I'm going to unload on you. Uh, TJ Moe is here with me. I've already said that. We're in Dallas. And so I reached out to my guy, Alex Stein, primetime 99, always on the grind. He's going to be on the show with us today. And as will Royce White, we'll talk with Royce about Steve Bannon and what's going the latest with him. Uh, We'll talk with Alex Stein about uh, AOC, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, on the cover of GQ magazine. And she's talking about Alex Stein, who labeled her a big booty Latina. Mm. Uh, And so we'll talk with uh, Alex Stein about that. But we want to start today's show with just me and TJ talking about the latest developments as it relates to BYU, Duke Volleyball, and South Carolina Basketball. That's quite the trifecta. BYU Volleyball, Duke Volleyball, South Carolina Basketball. You guys know we've talked about on this show the Rachel Richardson, the Duke Volleyball player, accuses BYU students of racial taunts and her godmother gets us. She's called the N word the entire game. And Stephen A. Smith hopped on ESPN and took a dump on her. And then the next thing you know, uh, Don Staley at South Carolina, we ain't playing basketball against Brigham Young because we support Rachel Richardson. And what happened to her at that volleyball match was an atrocity. BYU uh, throws itself on on you know on the cross and or takes the blame, falls on its sword, and says, oh, man, our kid's messed up, and we're suspending a kid. And they do all this immediately within the first 24 hours. They just want the thing to go away. Don Staley doesn't want the thing to go away, the South Carolina basketball coach. And she starts bullying Brigham Young and smearing Brigham Young. And so guess what happened today? BYU put out a statement uh arguing what they found in their investigation uh, was basically nothing happened. And so I'm going to read a big excerpt from uh, BYU's statement. Uh, as, as so I'm starting with BYU, not with Nita King. Uh, as part of our commitment to take any claims of racism seriously, BYU has completed its investigation into the allegation that racial heckling and slurs took place at Duke versus BYU's women's volleyball match on August 26. We reviewed all available video and audio recordings, including security footage and raw footage from all camera angles taken by BYU TV of the match with broadcasting audio removed to ensure that the noise from the stands could be heard more clearly We also reached out to more than 50 individuals who attended the event, colon, Duke Athletic Department personnel and student-athletes, BYU Athletic Department personnel and student-athletes, 
event security and management, and fans who were in the arena that evening, including many of the fans in the on-court student section. So let's be clear. We also reached out to more than 50 individuals who attended the event. So they're talking about who they reached out to, and we're going to be clear with the words here. Reached out to doesn't mean interviewed. It means they reached out to more than 50 individuals. Let's be clear about that. The statement then goes on to continue. Uh, From our extensive review, we have not found any evidence to corroborate the allegation that fans engaged in racial heckling or uttered racial slurs at the event. As we stated earlier, we would not tolerate any conduct that would make a student athlete feel unsafe. That is the reason for our immediate response and our thorough investigation. As a result of our investigation, we have lifted the ban on the fan who was identified as having uttered racial slurs during the match. We have not found any evidence that that individual engaged in such activity. BYU sincerely apologizes to that fan for any hardship the ban has caused. Our fight is against racism, not against any individual or any institution. Each person impacted has strong feelings and experiences which we honor and we encourage others to show similar civility and respect. I want to be clear about this. Let's let's go over these words. Uh, our fight is against racism, not against any individual or any institution. What this, we're not mad at Rachel Richardson. We're not going at Rachel Richardson, Duke University, or South Carolina. We're not going at any of them. That's what that says. Each person impacted has strong feelings and experiences. That's a statement about Rachel Richardson. She may be off in la-la land and feels like she heard this and experienced this. That's her problem, not BYU's. Don Staley, she may have her strong feelings and experiences. That's her problem, not BYU. We honor those crazy people is basically what they're saying. (laughs) We encourage other people to honor those crazy people and those people obsessed with race and those racial idolaters, those people not grounded in any kind of biblical worldview of faith. We honor them, and we're going to try to be an example to them to show them how people who believe in God, uh, believe in Jesus, we're going to try to demonstrate to them how they should act as opposed to how they're acting. That's my translation of what they're saying there. Then they say, we remain committed to rooting out racism wherever it is found. We hope we can all join together in that important fight. So that's BYU. We're going to take the high road here. We're going to actually do what Duke should have done, what South Carolina should have done, what Rachel Richardson, what what her godmother should have done, what, what her father should have done. Do some investigating before you just come out and smear a group of people. Treat people the way you would want to be treated. If someone made an allegation about me, if someone came into this room right now and said, I saw Jason Whitlock at McDonald's last night and he ordered two double cheeseburgers, a filet of fish sandwich and a large order of fries. I, knowing my history, I would take a step back and say, hold on. That sounds like some stuff I would do. Did I do that? And then I would do an investigation. I'd look around my hotel room and say, I don't see any McDonald's bags here. Then I would probably go take a poop and I'd look in the toilet and say, no, I don't see nothing looks like a filet of fish sandwich in there. And then I would search my memory and say, you know what? I didn't go to McDonald's because I haven't been to McDonald's since August 17th, 2021. That's the last time I was at McDonald's. I would do a thorough investigation. I would, that's what BYU did. BYU, this is why I defend BYU, them falling on their sword, because what they're saying, what BYU was saying, and again, at the time I didn't like how Tom Holmo, the athletic director, fell on his sword and took the blame for everything, but it is my approach. As it relates to sin, whenever... Someone accuses me of sin or whenever I see someone else commit a sin, I honestly do say, whew, 
But for the grace of God, there go I. I could do that. I could go to McDonald's and order two double cheeseburgers and a filet of fish and a large order of fries. I've made that mistake before I could have done it. I told someone a story this the other day about if I ran into O.J. Simpson and O.J. confessed to me about I was just really upset. I'd had a few drinks. I was mad with Nicole. And then when I saw Ron Goldman there, I snapped. And I did some things I regret, Jason. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying this to make me feel good or to make you guys think highly of me. My reaction to OJ confessing that crime would be to say to say to OJ, man. I can see how you did that, man. I wouldn't have done it, but I can see how you did it. Because you know what? In third grade, I beat up a girl. And my parents, my mother, was very upset with me. There was a little girl. We were out on the playground. And I smashed her face into the ground. She's a third grader just like me. She did something to irritate me. I can't remember. I smashed her face into the ground. And it damaged her teeth. And my mother was so irate with me and 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 said, Jason, you are way too big to be fighting with any of these kids, let alone a girl. And it was a lesson to me because I was an oversized child and I had unnatural strength for a child my age. But I, I've never forgotten that lesson as a third grader. Like, you're a big boy. Don't be out here wrestling and fighting with other kids that aren't your size and certainly don't be out here wrestling and fighting with women. They can't defend themselves. And so I carried that lesson on with me, but I remember it to this day to remind myself that I'm capable of being that idiot. And yes, I'm a long time removed from being a third grader, but I am capable. So there's not a sin that I see any person commit that I can't immediately relate to myself and go, I'm capable of that. And that's the reason I do a good job of avoiding a lot of sins and a lot of mistakes that other people make because I think I'm capable of any and all of it. When I look at Duke or when I look at a, particularly at Don Staley at South Carolina and the way she reacted to what happened at BYU, instead of her sitting there and saying, whew, my fan base, we could have made that mistake. Because in 2018, her fan base was accused of that by the University of Missouri. And and she, that's how she should have been looking at this situation. But she didn't because she's a racial idolater. She, she's a slave to race and she's a slave to herself. There are these people that think they're above sin. They think they've elevated to a place where they're above sin. I'm not one of those people. I'm not an, Jason Whitlock is not Jason Whitlock's idol. I don't want anybody to idolize me. That's why I talk about my flaws and try to tell you like, it ain't me, it's Jesus. You want to idolize somebody, you want to pat in your life after somebody, him, not me. Don't pattern your life after me. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. And you're going to be too fat to fly coach for a long time. And you don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to be too fat to fly coach. So don't pattern your life after mine. Jesus, he didn't have my gluttony problem. So uh, I say all that to say that Duke put out a statement today as well that to me backed up uh, what the statement that uh, BYU put it out. It'll be interesting if Stephen A. Smith and the other racial idolaters, if Don Staley, if these guys have the courage that I think Duke actually displayed Hmm. with their statement. And and again, you got to read between the lines. It won't be crystal clear, but here's the very brief Short statement that Duke put out, uh, Duke University Vice President, Director of Athletics, Nina King. They have Duke has a black woman 
they have a woman king, athletic director. Nina King is their athletic director. Good woke school like Duke. Not surprised here that Nina King would be their athletic director. Taking no shot at her. Let me be crystal clear. I got my Ball State shirt on. We just experienced four years of the greatest athletic director in the history of our school, Beth Getz. I love Beth Getz. She's a tremendous athletic director. I don't want anybody to think I'm sexist because I'll, I'll, I'm not. Not for that reason. Yeah, not for yeah, not for that reason. Because <laughs> yeah, athletic director Beth Guest knocked it out of the park. She's going to Iowa now. She's tremendous. God bless Iowa. God bless Ball State for hiring and empowering Beth Guest. But anyway, let me go back to my point. The 18 members of the Duke University. This is a statement from Duke. The 18 members of the Duke University volleyball team are exceptionally strong women who represent themselves, their families, and Duke University with the utmost integrity. We unequivocally stand with and champion them, especially when their character is called into question. Duke Athletics believes in respect, equality, and inclusiveness, and we do not tolerate hate and bias. Hashtag hate won't live here. That statement says nothing. <laughs> it's it's Several sentences of nothing. Yeah, it's a cleverly worded statement that says, let me translate that statement for you. We agree with BYU's investigation. There's nothing here. But we're boxed in here by this 19-year-old girl and her racist godmother. Uh, they boxed us in, made these allegations. In this woke society we live in, and me being the athletic director here and having to protect myself and protect the university. We can't come out and say Rachel Richardson made this stuff up. We can't come out and say that her godmother is a nasty racist person who participates in racial hoax and, and tweets out all kinds of racist content against white people. We can't say that. So what we are going to say is uh, we respect the girls that play on our volleyball team they're great. Uh, we stand with them, champion them. Uh, you know, we don't like when their characters called into question, but we can't defend this stuff. Rachel Richardson did, and so we're not going to try to. So we're going to put out a very brief, like, seventy-five word statement, and hope this whole thing goes away because this nineteen-year-old girl and her godmother made fools of us. <laughs> now. And then they'll hit the server and say, ball's in your court, Don Staley, South Carolina. See if you guys can come out with a statement as clever as we did here. Uh, but BYU did nothing wrong. This story never made any sense. Thank you and God bless. Uh, go Blue Devils. A couple things. You said it took some courage to make that statement. I don't think that took any courage. This Duke statement? Yeah, zero courage. Um, yeah. I think but you, you know they're going to get ripped. By these woke leftists over Twitter. For yeah, this well, I'll tell you what I think a courageous statement would have been in a second. But but first, this was, as you said, about five or six sentences that say absolutely nothing. Uh, they put it out the second. They had it prepared already. The second that BYU put their statement out. Yeah, they got a heads up from BYU that BYU is going to put out a statement today. And they, I get, they're not stupid. They did their own investigation. And they're like... This is not true. So we're going to have to be prepared when it comes out that this is not true. Oh, hold for a sec. You really think Duke did an investigation? Why? Amongst their own team and such. Because there's some other girls on the team who said, I was there. I didn't see this. Just so you know, coach. I don't know how this is going to end. That's not an investigation. Okay. They knew it didn't happen is what I'm getting at. Gotcha. All right. So I don't believe they thought it was gonna, that it happened. They had this statement prepared because BYU was going to do their investigation and find the same thing. And so five seconds after BYU dropped their statement, they dropped this one and said, please stop looking over here. If everybody would stop talking about this, that'd be great. I don't think that takes any courage. Courage would have been, you know, we take this stuff seriously. We think racism's a big deal. We think false accusations of racism are a huge deal. And character assassination is a huge deal, especially in the social climate of today. What we could have done with a false allegation is wreck BYU. And we don't want to do that. So we're going to have a serious talk with Rachel Richardson and some of these other people who, if they think they may have heard something, we can have an investigation. If Nina King puts that out, she's fired within 24 hours. That's courage, though. Courage is not, please don't look over here anymore. 
Nina King would call that suicide, <laughs> not courage. Sometimes you take some bullets when you have courage. Nina King. Nina King's a black woman. She has some leeway to do something like this, far more than anybody like I ever would. Doesn't mean I wouldn't do it, but I'm telling you, I would know it's suicide. For her, she could say, I'm just telling you, I could I, I She did doesn't have that kind thing. of leeway. She she loves the fruit. I don't know how she feels about the tree, uh, but she loves the fruit. If mm. you anybody that watches this show uh knows what I mean by that. She loves the fruit. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen her express any hatred towards the tree, but that love of the fruit puts her in jeopardy. Jamel Hill Don Staley, even though Don Staley loves the fruit as well. Uh, of women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of women. And the, the white fruit. Uh, and so it just, given those, I think, I'm sorry, for Nina King, this is a, she's going to take bullets. you lowered the standard. She's going to take You've bullets. you lowered the standard. She's not a man. She's well, not a man. She shouldn't be in this position. You need to be in a position where you have some courage. If, if you don't think a woman can do it, a woman shouldn't be in that position. A woman that ascends to that position in her mind is not going to set herself on fire and then in her mind, well, no woman will ever replace me. I think that's all made up. She ascended to this position partially because of the woke culture, but we've got a, um, uh, Francois is her name, a, a woman at, at Mizzou right now who I think is doing a pretty good job. You had a woman at Ball State, and now at Iowa. Country. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of women doing a lot of really good things right now. What I'm saying is I expect the same courage out of these women that I would expect out of a man. And if you can't do it, then step down. Taking on a 19-year-old black girl and her racist godmother, that, that's, that's a battle I don't blame. I don't expect... Nina King to take on and this state to me. And again, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just telling you for me, this is more than I expected from Duke. I thought Duke would continue on with the lie and call out Brigham Young. And we talked to Rachel Richardson and it, anybody questioning Rachel Richardson racist. Then you would open it up to more attention to finally find out that she's a fraud. You did her a favor by doing this. Because more people would look in and say, we don't even trust BYU to do an investigation. They let everybody back in. Let's do our own investigation. And they would all find out the same thing. And so I think by getting rid of this as fast as they could, they did Rachel Richardson a favor by saying, hey, keep your mouth shut. We'll take care of it. And let's just move on. This isn't a good look for you or us. The only people that look good here is BYU coming out of this. I'm just saying, if we're going to fix public discourse at some point, people are going to have to have some courage. Man, woman, black, white, doesn't matter. You've got to tell the truth. And when something like this comes up and you reach out to 50 people, some of which were at Duke, and no one, not a single person, corroborated the story, you've got to tell the truth. And she didn't. So give me your take. You've, you've obliterated Nina King, uh, and, which I don't understand. She loves the fruit, TJ. You got a shot, or you had a shot if you weren't married. I'm not saying I wouldn't have dated her. <laughs> But uh, give me your take on BYU statement. Weak. I wanted to see them. They. I don't mind that they didn't go after. You want everybody to be me, or Tucker Carlson, or you. I can't hold everybody to that standard. No, I want people to tell the truth, and I don't think they told the truth. I wanted Nina King to tell the truth, and I wanted BYU to say we found nothing, and we feel this was character assassination. And we don't approve of that. And I'm not going to rip Rachel Richardson for this. I'm not going to rip Duke because they didn't, you know, once somebody goes rogue, if she did or didn't, you have no control. We get it. But we're going to stick up for our people. This did not happen based on every piece of evidence. And they we, said their statement said that, that it didn't happen. Yeah. But mostly what they said is just so you know, we stand against racism. They said that they about do. 85 they, times. They stand against that's well, so, not a bad so does everybody. Thing. Why do you need to announce that 68 times in the middle of a Because you've been called you racist because you're being called racist and that's that's they're playing the game that the left is forcing them to play. I wouldn't play it. That's what but, I'm saying. But BYU isn't a 55-year-old black man who's been arguing with these idiots for 30 years. 
I'm a 31-year-old white man that hasn't been arguing these, with these idiots for years, and I still think you should tell the truth. And you should be adamant about it, because what this seemed like to me was a preemptive suspension that I never approved of. You don't suspend people from coming to your program based on an allegation and then double back and say, we're really, really sorry. What You never had to suspend them in the first place. Assume innocence and say, this doesn't seem like the character of people that are around our program. Here's what, here's what BYU, I think, is saying, though. If, if, if we didn't do anything in the first place, people would be like, well, they didn't take any action initially. They weren't swift enough. And so they just came out with an investigation that backed up what they already believe. So when do we stop playing by the rules of the left? Because right now we're hearing, I'm hearing a lot of like the left would do this and the left would do this. And, the, and I don't care about their playbook. What I care about is the American Constitution that we should follow in our personal lives. And that is innocent until proven guilty. And that's all they had to say, because the vast majority of Americans actually believe that. And they say, listen, we're not suspending anybody until we figure out what the heck happened here. So we're going to interview as many people as possible because we want to clear our good names here at BYU. And then today they could have come out and say, turns out we were right. And if you can find somebody to corroborate the story, you go ahead. But we couldn't produce them, and we looked for several weeks. Well, when you throw that challenge out there like that, you can always find someone willing to say anything. Here, ask Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, ask Clarence Thomas. Uh, when, when you start, find someone to say this about. <laughs> oh, you're going to get some volunteers. They're going to pay somebody to come up and say something. And, you know, they, you know, between Brett Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas, you know, they tried to run Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas's crime was flirting with a black woman. And they wonder why he married a white woman. (laughs) They convicted him of a crime of flirting with a black woman. Mm -hmm. And and Brett Kavanaugh had some beers at 15 or 16 years old uh, with a white woman. And that came back to haunt him. And so... I, whew, I don't I get it. My, I don't my language may be too challenging. <laughs> I'm still committed. What, what I'm committed to is the truth. And, and I do think you have to return fire with fire. And this was soft. This was, hey, we didn't find anything, but hey, we're not challenging you, Duke or Rachel Richardson or South Carolina. We're not challenging anybody. Just, just want you to know we don't think it happened. Couldn't find it. So anyway, we don't like racism either. Carry on. It was weak. It was stronger than what I anticipated. Your standards are low. Well, it's not my standards. What I've just seen from America and from people is is my expectations are low. Yeah, not my go. standards. Sure. My expectations. I, I knew you were wrong. <laughs> anyway, that that's. I think we've beaten that up enough. We were look. We were right. I'll sit here and say we were right. We called BS on this. From the word go, from the moment I heard this fall out of Stephen A. Smith's mouth, I was like, this is some BS. How you going? Why are they even talking about this? A volleyball player at a BYU game, they talking about this on ESPN? People putting out, Ben Crump putting out statements. and A volleyball player says she set up. This was another, this was another insurrection sponsored by the FBI. It's a PSYOP. Ain't that what they call it? A PSYOP. Mm-hmm. I'm a conspiracy theorist, but this was a PSYOP. All right, <clears throat> let me brag on myself and brag on Blaze TV uh, before we move on. Uh, who was among the first people to tell you the BYU Duke volleyball thing was a total sham and a joke? <laughs> you didn't have to wait on BYU to put out a statement. You could have just watched this show. I told you from day one, this was a scam and a hoax. Who brought you the facts? about Serena Williams not really being the GOAT of women's tennis. Who brought you that provocative opinion? It's subjective, but I was willing to say it because this show is fearless. This show is fearless. We get to actually say what we really think. We don't sit around and go, oh, I wonder what Twitter thinks. I wonder what black Twitter is going to say. I wonder what the algorithm and the whole rigged up system over Twitter, what's it going to say? We actually say what we think. You can actually trust what's said on this show because we're fearless and we're authentic and we're not beholden to Twitter and every, all the things that the rest of ESPN and all the other media is beholden to. We're actually beholden to the truth and we'll follow it wherever it leads. If the truth 
embarrasses Jason Whitlock. We will cover it right here on this show. I'll cop to, I cop to all kinds of things because we want to be authentic. That's why you need to be subscribing to blaze TV because one day YouTube and all the other Silicon Valley operated organizations, they're going to come for me and this show, just like they come for Steven Crowder, just like they come for Glenn Beck, just like they'll come for Ali Best Stucky, just like they'll come for any of Phil Robertson, just the, any of us that believe in following the truth. Do we know all the truth? No. Has it all been revealed to us? No. But we, when, see, when we see it, we'll follow it and we'll talk about it. And that's why you need to be supporting us here at Blaze TV. You need to be a subscriber. You need to use my promo code FEARLESS20 to get $20 off your first year of Blaze TV. This makes you bulletproof. When they get mad at Steve Dace, when they get mad at Sarah Gonzalez, when they get mad at Glenn Beck, Ali Bestucky, when they get mad at the Blaze, Mark Levin, when they get mad at us and kick us off their platforms, you'll be able to find us at Blaze TV. I got a special deal. It lasts till September 11th. You need to be subscribing. Hop on now. Use the code FEARLESS20 for $20 off your first year. Be a good Fearless soldier, it's a small thing. It's the small things, it's the details. You're looking for big things that will correct it overnight. The small things add up and turn into big things that correct things overnight. One of the small things you can do, support Blaze TV so you can continue to hear the truth from me and everybody else over here. Uh, send me some feedback. Fearless at theblaze.com. I read these. I love getting them. I'd love to hear from you all. Uh, don't go anywhere. Alex Stein, Primetime 99, always on the grind. Next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Uh, could not come out to Dallas without connecting with our main man in Dallas, Alex Stein. Primetime 99, always on the grind. Uh, he's always on the grind, and that means he's out of town, actually. I come to Dallas, and Alex Stein, I expected to have him sitting here with me and TJ in studio, but he's actually out of town, but uh, he's been a good enough fearless soldier to join us uh, via remote, and we wanted to touch base with Alex because, Alex, your favorite big booty Latina, AOC, on the cover of GQ magazine, uh, and they talk about you and the comedian that's harassing her, uh, but you had to be very proud to see your favorite big booty Latina on the cover of GQ magazine. Well, first of all, yes. I mean, honestly, yes, it is proud to see my little Abuelita Bonita on there. But to be honest, no, I felt very shafted. I mean, it's like there's like there's a famous Bill Cosby joke that, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, other people stole it where it's like, you know, the dad, you know, raises the athlete's son since he's like a kindergartner. And then, you know, and he wins the high school championship. Then he wins the college championship. Then he wins the Super Bowl championship, and his dad was there every game watching him in the sideline. And then as soon as he gets in front of the camera, he's like, you know, thanks, Mom. You know, and that's kind of how that feels. <laughs> but that She gets on. You know, she talks about me in there, but she doesn't mention me. It's just a very thanks, Mom moment. I created that moment, and she can't even say my name. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts very bad. So she's reveling in the fact that you gave her the nickname of the Big Booty Latina, 
established her as a sex symbol, as a big booty Latina, and she doesn't want to give you the credit by mentioning Alex Stein by name. She talks around you in the article, but she doesn't want to credit the man who gave her the nickname that has given her, that has elevated her profile. I could see why you're upset. Yeah, and Gentleman's Quarterly is, you know, great. It's, it's a, you know, at one point it was a really great Gentleman's Magazine. And it, ob- it obviously still is if they're putting big booty Latinas. But I elevated her. I gave her that J-Lo status. And that, that you know, and in, you know, in the, the first paragraph of that article, I believe the guy's name that wrote his guy name, I think Wesley Lowry, I believe. And he said, according to, you know, whatever, you know, popular polls, that the third most popular uh, popular politician besides Trump and Biden is a woman named AOC. And I tend to believe that. I mean, that sounds almost unbelievable, but I mean, I don't think it is. I mean, the way that she is just such a fire rod for, you know, um, energy on the right and energy on the left. That's what makes you when you're polarizing, when you can make both people uh, be affected by your opinion, then you're kind of like an earth shaker because a lot of people on the right, you're kind of speaking the vacuum. She kind of gets both people's attention. And that's, I think why I'm effective because I do that astroturfing where I pretend to be the crazy leftist. And, uh, you know, I kind of LARP as that kind of like how Stephen Colbert would do it before he became really woke. She's kind of like an actress like that, in my opinion. And she's just so polarizing by pissing off both sides. I think that's why she's so popular. You know, Alex, I listen to you talk and listen to, you know, Wesley Lowry of GQ argue she's third behind Biden and Trump. But I'm thinking Nancy Pelosi has to be in there somewhere in that conversation. But I'm wondering if we haven't moved to a place in society where having a big booty is better (laughs) than having big cans. Because Nancy Pelosi showed off her big cans very flamboyantly on the beach. But have we moved to a place in society where big booties are preferred over big cans? Is that where the country is right now? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the most you know popular transfers of beauty was the old popular Pamela Anderson to Jenny McCarthy transfer. And this is this is in the 90s. And this has that very that has this that that ask. Uh, Pelosi to AOC, the transfer has just come into fruition. That's just how it. <laughs> that's how the cookie crumbles. And and for for whatever it's worth, Nancy Pelosi, she's had an incredible career enriching herself. I think she has hundreds of millions of dollars. And, and AOC, no, you know, she oh, feels. Alice, can you see that picture right now? Can you? Oh, see- I see it there. Oh, it's too big. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be. Able, I'm going to have trouble eating lunch. <laughs> Well, no, but honestly, good. No, seriously, this gives. Let's reflect on this for a moment. Nancy's showing off those cans, and cans used to be the preferred element in America. But I think it's a testament to how inclusive America has become that now the big booty trumps the big cans, and we're seeing a lot of women get uh, booty injections uh, surgeries and less breast augmentation, I would call this progress. Yeah, well, you know, and I'm like Kramer. I'm a, I'm a butt man, as they say. So I, I like that transfer. To be, I mean, Howard, Stern, Howard Stern was always a butt man. I mean, he was ahead of his time. <laughs> you know, and it, he really was a trailblazer in that, in that sense. But, you know, all these politicians, is, I think it's, I say this a lot, you know, when you idolize a politician or any of these celebrities and or any of these athletes, it's kind of like thinking the stripper likes you, you know. It's just they don't they don't care about you. They don't care about they your don't? support. They don't. That hit close to home, didn't it? <laughs> it really did. <laughs> you know how much money I could have saved if you had told me that years ago, Alex. You know, yeah, any wedding uh, bands and engagement rings I've bought based on that lie? <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, Go ahead. So how do you guys? How do you guys like the Dallas studios? It's nice, you know. I'm about to have my own show in there very soon, and you know we're going to be grinding and shining. How do you guys like the facilities in Dallas? You know that used to be a big, famous Paramount Studios. They did a bunch of movies in there, and Barney, one of the most popular shows at its time, I think, uh, filmed every episode. As well, JFK. When I was a kid, we used to go on a tour there, and they would show you how they made the movies. They show you the silicon mass. You know, they show you, you know, where they did the special effects. Alex, like have, they, Alex, no, it's just a Alex, cool studio. You know how when you're standing in front of those city council people, and mm-hmm. and they try to take you out of character. 
Yeah. And how you don't let that affect you. Yeah. I want to have a conversation about big booties and cans <laughs> and where we've gone in this society because this conversation is important right now. We need, and you're trying to take me out of character. You want to talk about the studios and things like that. Are you on? Unco- you started this whole big booty Latina movement, and now you don't want to talk about. It. I <laughs> no, mean, I'm the king of, no, 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 no. It's called FOMO, fear of missing out. I'm just sick that you're in my home zone without me. I feel naked. I feel like you know what I mean. I feel out of pocket. So it's not the bad. I just wish I was here to give you the tour, to be in the studio with you, be yelling at TJ, to be you know getting yelled at by you. I'm just upset. I'm just. I. I it's nothing. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to take it off track, but this is a monumental moment. You're only here rarely, so I'm just trying to bring attention to it because it's something I'm interested in. Alex, I want to bring this back to the attention. Have 82-year-old cans ever really been that in style? Yeah. I mean, they don't don't expire. And, you know, a lot of... If you get a, if you go to the Dollar Tree, that stuff's expired. You can still eat it. I mean, you do get cancer of the pancreas, but you can still... (sighs) Well, that first of all, TJ, I, I, those aren't 82-year-old cans. Yeah. Those were yeah. recently purchased, in <laughs> my opinion. Again, I've got a lot of experience examining and paying for uh, those type <laughs> cans. Th- that's not 82-year-old cans. Five-year-old cans on an 82-year-old person are still 82-year-old cans. Well, you know, she, I'll, you know, it's. Mm, I, I might have to think about that. That's. Yeah, that's you guys hear Dan Crenshaw reached out to her personally to see if she could, you know, solve some of the baby, uh, you know, baby food shortage. <laughs> just her, they were going to. They were just going to try to get some of that from her, some natural milk. But she was only able to pro- provide like the Northeast region of Indiana. <laughs> that's all it does. I would tend to think that milk is spoiled. I will say that at this point, whether the you know whether they've been rehabbed or not, that milk is still spoiled at eighty two. Well, I've eaten expired. I've eaten a lot of expired food. I ate an expired donut. I think it's about two weeks old here at the studio. And that, you know what? And I don't feel good. I feel very. Alex, just, where, where are you at right now? I kind of like the studio you're in, and this is the best you've looked on the show. I mean, you're always dressed nice, but I kind whose Emmy Awards are you holding? I mean, what what is where are you at? I'm filling in for a guy named Dan Ball, and he has a show on OAN, which is like you know this network out here in San Diego, and it's pretty cool. I've been filling in for him, you know, doing you know him a favor. He did me a favor, and. Uh, it's just kind of a fun experience. I like getting to. It's kind of like uh, an efficiency expert when you go as the third party company hires somebody to, you know to come into their company. I get to like know the inside outs and like the drama, and I'm causing some drama. And there's let me just tell you guys this: I've, I've caught some people. There's a two item limit in the break room of free snacks, and I've caught some people taking three snacks. And I did an independent investigation. I'm about to post it here in a little bit of people overindulging at OAN, a company where a lot of people work. And I brought it to the boss's attention. And this is, I kid you not, I think the boss, the guy that owns the place, and this is going to be, this is all documented. I think, oh, he's not going to care. I go, hey, I caught this guy taking three snacks. He works really hard. Let's just be uh, no big deal. And the boss goes, no, that is a big deal. Only two snacks. And the guy is in trouble. So I actually accidentally, trying to be funny, created actual inner office drama. So it's insane. This is some of the most insane work environment I've ever been a part of. The two, the two snack limit now explains why I've never been invited on on mm. that. That may be what, cause literally I saw your work earlier this week and I'm like, how does Alex Stein get this gig? And I've never been offered. He gets to sit in and host this guy's show. I don't know who the guy is, but you get to sit in and host that show on own. And I've never been offered. What's the guy's Dan ball. Is this some sort of is this a racial discrimination deal I'm looking oh at, or does it have to do with the snack limit? Oh my gosh, his production team is looking at me. They're going crazy. Look at them. Say they're laughing. Can you guys see? I don't know if you guys can see them. They're dying laughing. But no, what the heck? Are you serious? He would have you on in two seconds. Uh, he just he just wants me on. Why haven't you asked me on? You're hosting the show. You didn't ask me what? to come on the show with you. <laughs> Because you're so busy, but you know, I have a show coming out on Blaze in October. In October, I can't even say that. In October, I'm freaking in negotiations with Tyler, and he's doing he's doing me fair, but I need to talk to you. I need your tutelage. I need you. You can be my sports agent. You can be my Jerry Maguire. 
So I need you to step up, Jason. I know it's not your responsibility, but if you can add that to your laundry list of things you need to do, I would greatly appreciate that because you're tutelage. You've been in this industry. You've signed more deals in one year than I've signed in my entire life. So I, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm serious, and I'm not just trying to, you know, placate to you. I do, you know, that is the the, uh, the hard, cold hard facts. Well, Come on back to Dallas. I think we're we're going to try to have dinner tomorrow in Dallas. Uh, you promised me that you were going to bring a big booty Latina to the dinner. Uh, I'll bring and, two. Oh, I'll bring two big booty Latinas. That'll be awesome. Uh, you know, I'm stealing these guys' Emmys. I don't know. He's not going to be. I'm not going to be invited back. But these are going to be good. I'm going to put this in my bedroom. If a girl comes over, I just have to scratch his name off. Him. All right, but, hey, listen. Uh, we're gonna let you go, but could you give us a quick wrap to get out of to you know get out of this segment and okay, uh, make sure you use the word "big booty Latina" in the rap song. Yo, I love my carnita from my big booty Latina, TJ Mo. Please don't go. I like you on the show. Don't be like Hunter Biden and do the blow. You got to stay real sharp. Don't put it in your Amazon cart because it costs too much. No, you don't touch. Fauci, ouchie, is so clutch. It saved me from the virus. Yes, you got to try this. It's a fifth booster sticking in my cooster. Cock-a-doodle-doo like I'm a little rooster. All right, I'm a pimp on a blimp. Jason's the man with the plan. TJ Moe from Dallas, Texas. You can't outflex us. It's Primetime 99 from San Diego. Let's go. Mm. Well done. Awesome, awesome job! <laughs> hey, what's what do they call that? Dabbing yeah. or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Let's do that. All right, we gotta let you go. I gotta get back to business here. I gotta talk to Royce White. Uh, great job, Alex Stein. Prime time, ninety nine. Always on the grind. It was good to connect with him and uh, hear his into his insight on uh, AOC, Alexander Ocasio Cortez, her big cover story. Uh, on GQ magazine. All right, Royce White. Nerves. All right, welcome back. Time for the knowledge cyclone, the deepest man on the show, Royce White. We're bringing Royce White in to discuss uh, Steve Bannon in a bit more trouble. State of New York, I think her name is Letitia James, the eternal, uh, attorney general uh, for the state of New York, has brought new charges. Or is she, is she did I get it right? I know it's Letitia James. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what her title, but she's bringing new allegations about Steve allegedly misappropriating, misusing funds, uh, a money laundering scheme, fraud uh, against Steve Bannon. He was arrested uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, we're bringing in Royce White to get a deeper understanding and explanation of what's going on with his friend Steve Bannon. He's being targeted. I've seen Royce tweet out, Steve Bannon's arrest should deeply concern every American First, selective prosecution. Now we have targeted state legislation that leads to selective prosecution. When the legislation signs into law legislation that uh, reverses presidential pardons, buckle up. Royce, uh, Steve Bannon, through, I guess, a fund that was supposed to be directed towards building the wall and border security, he's being prosecuted. But BLM raised billions of dollars, and I'm not aware, and they certainly misused and bought mansions and paid boyfriends and baby daddies and relatives. <laughs> I'm not aware of any of them being prosecuted on any level, but Steve Bannon in the crosshairs. Uh, make it make sense. Help us understand what's going on here. It's asymmetrical warfare. It's on. I mean, that's the that's the bottom line. We're we're in an asymmetrical war with our government and and with the the political elites of the uniparty of the globalist establishment. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's hard for me because obviously Steve's a a friend and a mentor of mine, and and I know his family well, and and uh, I know where his heart is. He's a good he's a good person. He's he's an he's a hero, really. He's an American hero, no doubt. 
Um, but but this should just enrage the American people. The, the American people should not stand for this kind of stuff. But they're getting high and jerking off. I said it before. I'll keep saying it. If these things don't enrage you, slowly but surely, you're losing your citizenship. You're, 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 we are losing our country, and if we lose our country or continue to lose our country, you'll lose your citizenship, and you'll look up one day, and they'll come for you, and you'll go, well, why is nobody outraged? Why, why is nobody upset? Why is nobody coming to my aid or my defense? Because there was no country or no foundation left to base your defense on. And that's what they've done right here. You know, and I, I wasn't involved with the build the wall campaign, obviously. Um, I wasn't involved with the Save America PAC or anything like that. So I can't speak to the specific details of how the funds were were uh, raised or used. But I can say that, I mean, what, what the f- are we even talking about when it when it comes to financial crimes? What are we even talking about? Honestly, I mean, Ilhan Omar uh, gives her husband uh, $15,000 a month, his firm, right? She, she, she divorced her Somali husband, her Muslim husband, for a Jewish man and gives him $15,000 a month. Or let's say she gives uh, the Democratic Party $15,000 a month now, and then the Democratic Party here in Minnesota writes a check to her husband for $15,000. So you got that happening. You got George Soros, who's not even a, a, an American citizen. He's donating $250,000 to the Minnesota Democratic Party alone. You got Mark Zuckerberg, who gives $100 million of his own personal money, which is way beyond a contribution in kind and should violate uh, uh, financial campaign law. I mean, this stuff is happening all over the place. This is selective prosecution. And here in New York, you had probably one of the first times in American history where the legislator preemptively signed into law the ability to reverse a presidential pardon. And, and it's, it goes back to the problem in D.C. too, where, where you know, there was a selective prosecution of Bannon where Eric Holder, for example, under Obama, had presidential executive privilege. And they say, well, no, Eric Holder, that's a different situation. Uh, where it, They didn't prosecute him, but Steve Bannon's in the crosshair. Why? Why do people actually believe that they're going after Steve Bannon? Because he's such a bad guy. And if these crimes don't get brought to justice, then the, the, the idea of America won't hold up. Our country will not survive if a person like Steve Bannon's individual crimes aren't punished. It's ridiculous. These people are as crooked as the day is long. And, and if the American people aren't outraged, then we deserve what's coming to us. You know, I obviously what's going on with Steve Bannon is connected to Joe Biden's speech a week ago in Philadelphia and the whole framing of anybody that supports President Trump, the MAGA Republicans, and Steve Bannon would certainly be considered one of those as he was one of the early architects of Trump's success. And it's, it's Biden and the left have been able to define the people that support President Trump as the worst things on the planet. And so people are just kind of shrugging their shoulders and like, well, they deserve it. He's a MAGA Republican. And don't you know they're the greatest threat to our democracy in the world? Our president told us that. The FBI runs around the country and tries to frame and tries to bait Donald Trump supporters into committing crimes. And and so... The, the indifference, the apathy, and the what people don't understand, it, it, it's like these tactics that you're all sitting around watching and saying, ah, that's not me. One day that will be you. One day these very tactics will be used against you or someone you love, and, and that's why we should be standing up and being outraged uh, because, and again, I don't know the details. But I do know that in this era we've lived in, in the last decade at least, the money that's been raised through Black Lives Matter, which is really just a democratic political operation. And so it's just money being raised for democratic policies. And and we don't know where any of that money has gone. There's been no right. accounting. And, and I just... Help me if I'm right or wrong. No one's being prosecuted for those crimes. That They raise money off the death of George Floyd, Eric Garner, and all these black men. None of that money has been spent on helping 
those people from similar circumstances, yep. it's all enriched a handful of LGBTQ soldiers, but no one's going to jail. The people that looted and burned and caused chaos in their cities, we raised money to get them out of jail. Yeah. And and but Steve Bannon is public enemy number one. He wasn't even in he wasn't even involved in January the sixth. He was already out of the Trump White House. But to me, they're they're going after him to send a message to me, to Royce White, to TJ Moe, and to everybody else. Stay away from Trump. Yeah. Uh, and and be good if we can ever get Trump in a court and put him behind bars. We don't want anybody complaining because you might be next. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, the reality, f- these people. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm in an especially upset mood and, and f- the intellectuals, all of the, the nuances and all, f- all that shit. You know, this 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 is coming down to the hatch now. I mean, this is coming down to the to the nitty gritty. And. Um, I think like, let's say, let's use this for example. I think the hypocrisy in this whole liberal left movement that has anchored itself on, on black suffering or injustice against black people is really going to start to show when black Republicans or MAGA supporters start getting killed by the police state. I mean, if the FBI comes to raid me and I have my gun or, or the local police, let's say, in the case of a Fred Hampton, or let's the CIA, which they, you would never know because the CIA does it in the cover of night. But any of these security state agencies, let's say they came to shoot me or came to uh, apprehend me or arrest me and I was non-compliant, would there be an outrage? Would there be protests in the street? Would there be money raised on behalf of my children, my black children? Um, would there be banners and posters? Would there be celebrities like LeBron James and, and Oprah Winfrey and, and whoever else coming to the public square to say this isn't right, this is injustice, this is an overreach by the state or the authority of the state? And the, the obvious answer is no. No. And which shows that it's not about black people. It's not even about the misuse of authority from the state. It's about who you support politically. And, and th- that that should blow the cover on the entire movement uh, uh, from the outset. People should be able to see that if you support Donald Trump and you're black and you got killed by a cop, they would say it's justified because of your political beliefs. And that just highlights a, a, a fundamental lack of understanding of how this country is supposed to work and how people's citizenship is supposed to hold up uh, against the government. Royce, do you think that there will ultimately be an indictment coming down on Trump? What I've what I've followed and seen is that it's unlikely to be before the midterms, but if it comes down, it's right after that. And how far are they going to go with this? Well, I think they'll go as far as they possibly can. Um, I, I think um, they, they'll definitely try and put him in jail. I mean, the, the what what they've said in terms of the implications of Bannon's case from from what I've read, or at least what the mainstream media, MSNBC and and others are, are, are talking about, is that there was some communication uh, that has been obtained about funneling money to Donald Trump himself. So I, I'm not sure exactly, you know, and, and here's the deal. It's like, again, what are we talking about? The, the, Donald Trump was the the uh, sole face and, and um, creator, you could say, of the build the wall movement. OK, so if if we. If we raise money, and I say we as the MAGA movement, if we raise money on behalf of building a wall and Donald Trump is the face of it, Donald Trump is entitled to some sort of compensation to continue to promote that movement. The same way if I take lead as a company or brand and 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 I wear the hat and I'm entitled to be compensated for that. I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm just saying there are so many uh, answers to how this probably or or is uh, has gone down that it, it again highlights the selectiveness of the prosecution and again they use a black woman to negotiate on behalf of all black people against the boogeyman of white supremacy with this with this judge in New York and we should all be fearful of it because what are the parameters um, and most people think it's going to be a victory if they're able to put Donald Trump in jail and there never be a 2024 referendum between him and Joe Biden. Uh, but but shortly after that, they'll they'll find out that the grass is not greener on the other side, that the energy bills that look at Europe, 
2,000% increase in energy bills. These people can't even keep their lights on. And, and when that happens, when people can no longer go to their cell, charge their cell phone, uh, go to their laptop, watch Netflix, jerk off, get high, uh, they won't be able to go and get drugs because the drug, you know, they won't even be able to buy food, let alone cocaine. Uh, you know, then we'll see how people really feel about having a country or not. Right now, everything feels okay. It's all good. I can go to the mall. I can in, in, immerse myself in whatever social, political, cultural, superficial uh, brouhaha that, that, that keeps me distracted during the day. Soon there's going to come a time where the American people's financial woes are going to reach a level where they'll no longer be able to distract themselves. And I'm praying for it, actually, at this point. I mean, uh, sure, I would like to come up with and participate in a solution where the American people don't have to cross that bridge of suffering. But if I'm being honest today, I woke up and I, and I said a prayer that God would hasten the day, bring about the suffering so that we can understand what a privilege it really is to live in this type of, in this type of um, material wealth. P please bring down the pen penalty and punishment for neglecting the, what, what it is that we've accrued in this country, because that's what we're doing right now. Maybe we deserve it. Maybe we deserve to live in a Great Depression or something worse. I'm OK with that. Let's go back to hunting our own our own food. Let's go back to having to fish our own food. Then we'll see how much people, you know, how, how bad people. Steve Bannon is a gangster. You know, all these little young black kids, 13, 15, 14, 16, looking up to you know, Playboy Cardi and, 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 and whoever else. And they think they're cool. They got their gun. They put the automatic uh, switch on it. You know, they think that makes them bad, a man, a gangster. No, believing in something and being willing to put yourself in the crosshairs of the American government on behalf. That's gangster. Steve Bannon is a gangster. OK, uh, you know, you're shooting up your local neighborhood and, and hitting a little girl in the process. That makes you a. So, you know, but but maybe we need a, a, a you know, a, a real reality check and wake up call to understand those types of things. Royce and, and TJ, the, the, the other thing that I think I'm coming to the realization of is that Donald Trump has to continue holding these public rallies because he has to let the left know that he still has the people with him. Mm. And that's the only thing keeping them at bay at the moment, is that they know <clears throat> the potential backlash, the anarchy that they could set off by putting Donald Trump in jail, uh, by some foolish prosecution, uh, that they know, they look at these massive trial crowds that Trump has. He still has a connection to the people, and that's the only thing standing between him and being thrown into a dungeon. Uh, and so, it, it it what they're doing is making me more sympathetic and more supportive of Donald Trump. And Ooh. I'm like a lot of people. A lot of people are tired of the Trump discussion and the fake news media and their obsession with Trump. And we just want to move on. And, you know, maybe Ron DeSantis is a better option. But as I watch these things play out, I keep saying, nope, Trump's got to keep going. Yep. Uh, because if he doesn't, if, if, if they feel like he's lost the people then I think they're going to become even more tyrannical towards the rest of us. Well, two things. One is it's not Donald Trump that they really hate. Let's let's not be mistaken there first. It's the ideas that they hate. Let's not pretend. And I said this in my open letter to Joe Biden. Um, let's not be pretending that if there was a more palatable personality that were delivering these messages to the people, then you would be satisfied and then your rejection of the ideas themselves would stop. It's not the case. As soon as Ron DeSantis would stand up there and say the exact same things that Donald Trump said, fundamentally, ideologically, politically, uh, he would face the same type of black uh, backlash and, 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 bl and, and, and blackmail and so on and so forth. So it's, it's not Donald Trump that they're really after, it's us. The, the, the hatred that they show and the contempt they show for Donald Trump is really a hatred that they harbor for we the people. Uh, and, and secondly, there are those who believe that a civil war is what they want. 
I mean, we we are in a we have put ourselves in a trick bag by not paying attention to these things over the course of of, of three four since World War II, uh, two three generations. By not paying attention to these things, we've put ourselves in a trick bag where it's hard to see where the traps have been laid to trigger the next round of authoritarianism. Because if there is a civil war uh, of some sort, or if there is some some physical uh, clash in the streets between two political ideologies, it justifies martial law and and uh, you know uh, the ushering in of a military state, and and you know and I see that. Now, am I am I going to say that that should scare us from doing what what is necessary on behalf of our citizenship and freedom? No, but that is a possibility that possibility that is out there that they are trying to invoke a a, a, a civil war, a civil unrest, so they can ride in on the white horse and and have all of the people who are really afraid say, "Protect me! I don't care what rights you take from me. Just protect me. Just protect my family. Protect my possessions." protect my status in life, right? The the LeBron James of the world who say they're anti-police when the anarchy breaks out, they'll be the first one dialing 911. Mm. I mean, it's, 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 it's comical. Uh, And it's not just LeBron James. I use that as an example, but, but it's all of these elites when they're all saying they're anti-police defund the police. They're not, they're as pro-police as it comes. They're just using it as a culture, as a culture uh, narrative. Um, so, you know, th- there's much to think about going forward. But what has to be done is we cannot allow the United States government to selectively go after people who don't agree with them. That's tyranny by definition. This behavior from the DOJ and the left in general is moving people like me who would prefer Ron DeSantis, all other things equal, and putting us back in the Trump camp. Because we can't let the guy who started the movement that most of us agree with go down with the ship because everybody else goes with it. And so I would prefer Ron DeSantis because I think he's more tactful. I think he's younger. He, I don't know if he's got more energy. He's more articulate, all that. But I'm slowly shifting back to the Trump camp for this very reason that the fighter, probably the most ferocious fighter we've had in the Republican Party, is continuing to fight. Meanwhile, the guys who are supposed to be his allies, where are all these other Republicans I mean, it's we think we talk about rhinos all the time. It's like DeSantis waited until the evening. I think it was after he went on either Tucker or Hannity to tweet about the raid on Trump's house. Where was he five minutes after it happened? Where was it? Carrie Lake? I actually think probably did have his back right away. She's one of the few. But it's like my guy, Eric Schmidt, in, in uh, will, will be a future senator in Missouri. He tweeted about it. But there should be the entire Republican Party should be saying, hey, this is all of us. If he's going down, we're all going down. And it's not there. So I actually think it's going to end up moving a lot of us who believe in the idea, not necessarily Trump himself. But what Donald Trump represents is what we can't ever leave. And so he's the guy that's got to do it. Royce, thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Great job as always. Uh, And I say the same to you all uh, watching at home, listening at home. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, We'll see you on Monday.